Welcome to the Rise of the Rune Lords. It's me, DM Clinton, and I'm here with the Warriors of Light in the Vault of Greed. We are uh, joined by Connor playing Hugo. Some stranger in yellow gave me this book. Do you want to take a peek? Maiden's playing Vraskin. Maripus throwed out and shit down his gullet. Nathan is playing Reeton. I'm less violent, which is the weird thing in this instance. <laughs> and Alex is playing Aristotle. I just realized once this pop off, all the golems are going to start coming after us. I thought about that. Uh-huh. I thought about that as well, yeah. We are at the top of round four, <laughs> but we are starting a brand new surprise round against Ordecon the Mithril Mage. He did not expect you to open the door. So you get a, uh, a s- single action, not a double normal standard anime move. Right. Surprise round. Surprise round. Aristotle is first to act. Okay. I am going to cast a spell. Okay, just to remind everyone, Aristotle is in a room with a fountain. This fountain is of a wizard holding a staff with his hand above, and the water flows into the pool. Uh, You're standing north of a door, about 10 feet away. You're behind Vraskin and Hugo, who is now a small method. Reeton is off to your left, about 15 feet. Okay, what spell are you going to cast? I would like to cast telekinetic charge on on Reeton on Reeton I think this is a perfect opportunity to use this spell so uh first check for spell failure and I pass and then that's about the only square you have access to yeah so reading the text of the spell it says you can telekinetically launch an ally across the battlefield to anywhere within the spell's range while moving your ally is flying just above the ground unless you wish otherwise Movement from the spell provokes attacks of opportunity as normal, although you can lift your ally over objects or out of enemy reach, as long as your ally remains within the spell's range. If your ally lands adjacent to an opponent, he can spend an immediate action to make a melee attack against that opponent with a plus two bonus on the attack roll. All right, so where are you moving him to? As close as we can to Ordicon. I can't move him, so... How far does it go? 60 feet. Then... I would be able to get, so which square do you want, the right one or left one here? The one he can see is the one you're in now. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. Yeah. So Reeton is thrust into the room. And he still can't, I'm still invisible. If I do an attack, I get a plus two bonus on the attack, but it's not like charge, so I don't. I do not get the minus two AC. Correct. Are you guys f- familiar with the room and what it looks like and the area, you know, all the obstacles in it? Uh, talk about. All right. Rows of thick wooden work tables occupy the center of this long chamber. Bookcases lining the walls hold hundreds of books and scrolls. Crates next to or pushed under the work tables appear to be filled with an odd variety of mundane items, such as ropes, sticks, sacks, tools, and cookware. A dog on one of the tables looks dead, although its hind end appears to be made of some kind of metal. A few other animals pace back and forth in small metal cages. A house cat a few rats, a snake, and a small white-faced monkey. Cool. White-faced monkey. I, I am curious. With flat-footed, does that affect your CMV as well? Because I would assume he'd be yes. flat-footed if, he did, if it's surprised. So I, instead of doing an attack, I'm going to try to grapple him. Okay. Because I'm feeling inspiration from my friend, Uller. Mmm, remembering Uller. Mm-hmm. He's like, man... 
He'd love to grab mages. He is uh, flat-footed. Okay. And I am going to try... I'm not raging, so this could be a little more difficult than normal, but that's okay. Uh, 31. Plus two. Combat maneuver defense is 18. Okay. I uh, I think I succeeded in grappling. Okay. He's now grappled. Yes. Okay. Ortacon now goes. He's now grappled. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if he's got any... Sup, bitch! Isn't he surprised? He's very surprised. He's no longer flat-footed. He has grappled, though, which is different. Yes. Actually, he can't act at all this round, so he still is flat-footed. Awesome. My apologies. Okay, so Reeton is next. Oh, dear. I'm going to go into rage now. Are you using a two-handed weapon? I am not going to be using a weapon this round. Okay, you don't have anything in your hands. Okay. I'm going to go into rage. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You know what? I'm going to throw on Reckless Abandon as well. Okay. And then if I do attack, it's going to be Fire and Acid. I'm going to need help from Connor, but I can turn this into a pinning situation, correct? In order to pin, you must first have control of the grapple. I do have control of the grapple. The first thing you need to do is roll to maintain the grapple. Yes. Okay. If you succeed in that, as a standard action, you may attempt to convert the grapple into the pinned condition. All right. So you have an additional plus two because you're in a grapple. So I'm at 33. I think you succeed. that. Yeah, I think that very succeeds. <laughs> yes. And then I want to do another one to convert it into a pin. Okay. I just rolled a natural 20. <laughs> okay. For a 44. So he is very pinned. He is very pinned. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything else I can do right now. So I'm just going to. I don't think you need to do anything else. I'm just going to wait. Uller is smiling down at you from Nirvana. Or maybe he's in hell. Who knows? Eh, Nirvana. He was good. Okay. Vraskin is next. Okay. So as a standard action, can I grab both Hugo and Aristotle and drag them, like, in front of me into the room and then close the door behind me? Well, this is a surprise round. Oh, yeah, I don't right. think you'd be able to do that. Yeah. So singular action. Uh, Reeton, what kind of invisibility did you have on you? Oh, invisibility's off. Okay. It, it was regular yeah. invisibility. Yeah. Aristotle, however, your spell was not an attack, so you do not lose your invisibility. All right? Okay. So I will then just fly. I'm actually going to fly all the way around and flank him. Okay. You are flanking him invisibly. Yep. All right. Anything? And that's it. Yep, that's it. Raskin moved around and is now flanking. opposite and flanking the Mithril Mage. Okay. Uh, it's my turn. This is only standard action. Yep. Uh, Hugo. Hugo's turn. Standing in front of the door next to Aristotle. I just checked, and he's a little bit too far away from what I wanted to do. So I'm going to have Hugo do a single move action, which is just going to be a 60-foot fly, to get inside of the room. He's going to be at the other side of the room. It looks like there's a table kind yes. of adjacent to the southern entrance. He's right. going to fly down to the other side of that, and he's just going to be like, oh, I simply must tell you what this book says. It talks about society, and it, it talks about a stranger with a mask. Oh, riveting stuff. I must tell you more. Okay. Uh, that is the end of round four. Uh, round five, greater visibility is ticking. Aristotle, you're up. All right. I think it's a good idea if now everybody's inside except for me. I'm invisible. I'm going to pop to the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. as a move action, and then I'm going to close that Close door. it. Okay. I was wondering about that. Roger that. Yay. Okay, the door closed. Strangely. 
invisibly, but that's okay. This is a wizard's place. All right, everyone is in. No golems have been alerted so far. You have full round actions. So Aristotle, that's a move to move and a move action to close. Yes. Okay. Ordecon will attempt now to act. Uh, Let's see about his spells. So I will read off casting spells while pinned. There's a specific entry. The only spells which can be cast while grappling or pinned are those without somatic components and whose material components, parentheses, if any, you have in hand. Even so, you must make a concentration check. DC 10 plus grappler CMB plus level of spell you're casting or lose the spell. Right. Just for the listening audience, if nothing else. I'm not seeing any metamagic feats that would help. Okay. He's going to... Yeah, he has to He has to try to break free. Does he have the skill to do that? Like, no. <laughs> uh, okay. So if we tie him up, we can just quit a grab. He will attempt to cast a spell. Yes. He will attempt to cast a dimension door. Okay. Power word yeets. So he needs to make a caster level check. Concentration check. Concentration check. Um, 33. The DC is... 10 plus your CMB, so whatever your bonus to grapple is, plus the spell level. Fourth level. My CMB is 24. So 14 plus 24, 38. 38. So 38. He fails. Yes. Yes, and fizzles his dimension tour. Okay. Yeah, he's a 13th level transmuter, so yeah. Oh, this is going to be bad for our old Lordicon. Okay, Reeton. <laughs> I would like to roll to maintain the grapple. Please. Does a 41 maintain the grapple? It does. And what other things can I do when he's grappled? So he's pinned now, right? He's pinned. He's pinned, yeah. Pinned is bad. Okay, I was wondering if I could, like, strangle him or something. But I, I'll, you know what? I'm just going to maintain the pin. I don't really have unarmed attacks that I can do very effectively. So I'm going to keep him pinned and let Braskin have his way. So you have rope. You could take that out. Ah, uh, we don't need it. Huh? Wait, we're, this isn't going to last very long. Let's be fair. Yeah, maybe. And then he pulls a disintegrate out of his back pocket. So he he wasn't even able to get a dimension door off. I think he's kind of screwed. He's kind of screwed. Yeah. I guess that's fair. <laughs> or freedom of movement. That would be nice. Yeah. That's a good transmutation. Does he have that? This guy doesn't do transmutation magic. <laughs> I mean, you could deal damage. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you do it. Just move. We'll just go to the one who's actually gonna be able to do a significant amount of damage to him, and I'll let you do that because I'm not. I don't have my weapon in my hand right now. Nope. Yeah, unless Reedon has a bite attack, you would have to use his unarmed strikes. Ironically, that would provoke an attack of opportunity, which I don't think you could do while pinned. Yeah. <laughs> Slap fight. I'm just not seeing something <laughs> that can save his ass. Okay. Then uh, if, if Reeton forfeits his turn. Well, not really forfeit. I mean, well, you're maintaining it. Yep, maintaining the grapple. It's a standard action, and then if you choose not to do nothing else, you, you may. I'm going to wink at him. Mm, give him a big wink. And be like, shh, shh. Just let it happen. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Okay, for asking. I don't know if I want to be a part of this anymore. Oh, well, too late. Bite, claw, claw, tail up the asshole. Oh, no. I'm seeing oh. ones. Yeah. 
It's a lot of ones. That is uh, <laughs> more one than I wanted. So I'll re-roll the bite, because I got a natural one on the bite, so roll to confirm. Uh, 34, I believe, hits his AC, so it's not a critical failure. His current AC is 22. Okay, yes. Okay, so the claw hits, so both claws hit, the tail misses with a 17. Okay, so the first bite misses, the second bite hits. The claw hits, the claw hits. The claw, sorry. Do you have adamantine? No, I do not. Just have magic. So I do 33 points of physical damage with the first claw. Mm-hmm. Plus six points of acid. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so 10 points are removed. Okay. 33. So that'd be 23. And then six acid. And then six acid. And then the second hit okay. is 36 points of physical damage. 36. Wow. Okay. So 26 go through. 26 goes through, and then four points of acid damage. And then four points. Okay. And then I believe my tail attack missed. So I got a 17 total. Yeah, that misses. But I'm attacking from flanked. Plus two, 19. And then invisibility. Okay, so plus two for that. Yes, plus two. Oh, yeah. So then total of? 21. 22. Okay. So that's a miss still. Missed by one. Oh, well. And that is my turn because I missed the bite. I can't intimidate him. Are you greater invisibility? Yes, I am greater invisibility. Hence why we're ticking down that. Yeah. Okay. So that is my turn. All right. Hugo. I I do have a quick question. Oh, okay. Do we still have heroism on? And do you have it checked? I have heroism checked. It should be on because I think I did a second casting of it. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was just making sure that was checked. Yeah, I, I re-upped everything. So, yeah, I, I have okay. everything checked. Just wasn't enough. Dang it. The, okay. the tail attack with power attack is the most likely to miss. So I'm not super surprised. So Even okay. your tail does like 17 points? Whatever. A die 8 on a tail? Wow. Well, uh, because it's a tail attachment. Oh, I see. The thing is, I actually lose out on, I think, some elemental damage with it. Uh-huh. Are you using the kobold tail attachment? Yes, I am using the kobold tail attachment. Oh, that's a lot of fun. I've always wanted to use that. Yeah. Anyways, Vraskin is still invisible, isn't he? Vraskin is. All right. Seeing as this guy is currently pinned down by a giant bugbear, then let me tell you more. The book starts off with the repairer of reputations. And as I start reciting that off, I'm going to cast Interstellar Void on him, which is one of my Oracle class features. Uh-huh. This will be a standard action. One target within 30 feet, which I am within, is cloaked within the void and takes 1d6 points of cold damage for every Oracle level I possess. A successful fortitude save halves this damage. At 10th level, it's so extreme that a creature that fails its save is fatigued. And then there's stuff that happens later on too, but I'm right. not there yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he takes damage and is fatigued. Well, he has to roll a fortitude save. A fortitude save. Now, what does this mean on him? He has an inherent medium fortification. I think fortification means he's immune to sneak attacks and maybe critical hits too. Crit or sneak attacks. There's a chance that the crit or sneak attack is negated. Uh Uh-huh. And damage is instead rolled normally. I see. Okay, so that won't help him here. Good to know he has it though. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, fortitude, we're looking at a fortitude save. Yes, sir. Okay. As Hugo continues rattling on. 24. A 24 is exactly what he needs. That's oh, unfortunate. Oh, man. So that negates it? Uh, just half. 
Half, okay. And he doesn't become fatigued. So it was 42 on the total die, so he will take t- uh, 21 points of damage. 21 points of damage. Okay. Oh, he's going down fast. Okay. Anything else, Hugo? Hugo will take a five-foot step as to not waste his action economy and pass the turn. Okay. Round six. Greater invisibility ticks down. Aristotle. I can see him from where I'm at. Uh, well, just beware that, yeah, I've got the, the shadowing back away from the wall, so you can clearly see the wall there. I'll move up. I'll move up 15 feet. It doesn't really matter. Now you can. And then I think there's only one thing I can really do to help, so I'm going to cast Magic Missile. <laughs> don't, don't care about cover. Roger that. That's going to be 21 damage. Um, he has a shield on, so... All right, then it doesn't do anything at all. doesn't do anything. <laughs> okay. The invisible shield blocks or missiles. Ordicon, looking very nervous, attempts to cast another spell. Okay. And this time it is the same as before. Dimension Door is going to try yet try casting that again. Okay. All right. Let's concentration check. Oh, 28. Oh, that's very fail. Yes. Okay. It was 38 that he had to roll. So he uh, he fails and his uh, Dimension Door fizzles. He looks very nervous now. Okay, Reeton. I'm just going to roll to maintain the grapple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe a 29 should succeed. It does. Okay. Sup? I'm just I'm just going to let this happen. Okay. Raskin? Alrighty. Fingers crossed for slightly less terrible rolls. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Alrighty. There we go. Okay. First one. Bite. 41 with a natural 20 to threaten a critical. 34 to confirm. Okay, we'll roll his... Uh... Fortification. Fortification, which is 75%. Oh, that's really good. I thought it was 50%. Medium. Yeah, I thought medium was... uh... According to this, on his character sheet, in the print, it says medium fortification, 75%. I was looking up fortification, the 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 magical spell spell ability for armor. It's 50% for moderate fortification, 75% for heavy. I don't know know what they're printing, but I'm going to go with what they printed. Okay, fair. 69, so that is a pass. So he is... Nice. No, he prevents the crit. So just normal damage. Okay. So that would be 37 plus 6, 43 points of physical damage. 33 go through. Plus 6 acid. And then 6 acid. Okay. And then I get a free intimidate check. The Cornugan smash. Uh, 55 to intimidate to shaken. Okay, he's now shaken. 55, yeah, I'm not even to look. Yeah. <laughs> and I doubt he's going to live long enough for duration to matter. Right. Well, now he's also flat-footed to my attacks. Okay. So the second attack... Is a 31 to hit. Hits. 29 points of damage, physical. 19 go through. Plus 2 acid. Plus 2. Rolled snake eyes on those. 31 on the second claw. Hits. And that will be 38 points of physical damage. 28 go through. Plus 6 acid. 6 acid. He slumps unconscious and die and is dying. Okay. A 26 to threaten a critical with the keen razor tail. Okay. Uh, 13 to confirm, so it does not confirm. Maybe. It's, he's helpless now. Yeah, he, he is, is now helpless. helpless. So let me take a look. Uh, his AC now is 17. Oh. Okay. Damn. Uh, flanking gives an additional two to that, but not enough. Yep. Okay, big set. Either way, uh, he takes 18 points of damage. And he takes an additional 18. Okay. Yeah. Which I think would be eight. Eight to go through. 
Okay. He's at minus 13. Damn, not dead yet. And his con... No, he's not done. He's actually got a lot of con for his class, being made of metal. <laughs> I know what that's like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Vraskin, are you done? That's all I can do. You're okay. Hugo. I'm a monster. <laughs> Hugo's going to do a move action and fly up to this Mithril Mage. Uh, part of this move action, he is going to draw his cultist dagger, the one that we got while we were in here last. Oh, you kill-stealing fucker. Coup de gras. Goddamn right I am. I can't coup de gras. That's a full round action. Oh. But I'm going to finish reading the passage I was reading. Okay. Song of my soul, the voice is dead. Die thou unsung as tears unshed. Shall die and dry in lost Carcosa. And I drive the dagger into his neck. That was only a 13 to hit, though. Hugo is not a martial character. Your dagger just bounces off of his hard, metallic skin. Hmm. Must have read the passage wrong. Round seven. Greater invisibility is down to 20 rounds. Aristotle. I think I'm just going to delay my turn. Delay. Ortacon the Mithril Mage. He is going to attempt to make a constitution check. He is at negative 13, so a 10. Stabilizes. I rolled a natural 20, giving me a 23. Then I subtract 13 for his current hit point total. And so that is a 10, which is what he needs to stabilize. Reeton. I guess I will just punch him in the face. I don't know how unconscious stuff works, but yeah. I, well, I can maintain the grapple and then punch him in the face. Yeah, but you're at a penalty, I think. I will be. I, I think the penalty won't matter very much. Uh, you inflict damage to your target equal to your unarmed strike, a natural attack, or an attack made with its spikes or light or one-handed weapon. It can be either lethal or non-lethal. It's going to be lethal. Make your grapple check. 37 to an unconscious opponent. Yes, you succeed. And then I don't know how the unarmed strikes works, but I'm going to do a melee attack. So I do know how the unarmed strikes work. Unless you have the improved unarmed combat strike, you can't actually choose to do lethal damage. Really? If, if you could, then it would be good for you to do so now. Damage here, it says the damage can be either lethal or non-lethal. If you can do lethal or non-lethal. You, oh, you won't. Yeah, you'll only do non-lethal. If you look at the improved unarmed strike feat, you can choose lethal or non-lethal. That's what allows you to do it lethally. Otherwise, all unarmed strikes are Correct. considered to be non-lethal. Agreed. Oh, okay, okay. Then instead, I can I can I roll back because I didn't know that. Yeah, that's fine. I would like to just can I drop him, pull out my sword, and just do one attack? Uh, yes. Perfect. Drop him, pull out my sword, single attack, power attack, reckless abandon. Natural one. Natural oh one, shit! Natural one. Natural one. <laughs> I had power attack on this whole time. My CMB should have been four higher. Oh, well. Oh, no. That would have changed this battle. <laughs> Does a 42 hit. Easily. For 35 points of damage. I, I don't. I'm not even going to roll the fire and acid. 35 points. Okay. Minus 10. So 25. Yeah. Okay. He's at negative 38 and he is dead. There. He's dead. Okay. You have defeated Ortacon handily and easily. As if you snuck up on him and assassinated him. We did it. I never thought that when I took that spell, we would be able to do that. that I did, never anticipated that thing happening, but it worked out perfectly. <laughs> well, this is a certain win, an absolute win. Yeah, I believe that is what we call geeking the mage. Geeking the mage. Yeah. Okay, Articon, the Mithril Mage is no more. You get 38,400 XP for this CR 14 encounter. Hooray. One gets 9,600. Okay. He is dead. That was kind of boring. Do you guys want to go fight the golems? 
<laughs> okay. I don't like. Was this guy controlling the golems? I don't know if we like just deactivated them by murdering this guy. Probably not. Oh, okay. Maybe he has something on, like, in here to help. We should probably look around before we start. Yeah, okay. That's fair. All right. So combat is over, and you're going to take time to search. Oh yeah. Yep. If you take twenty, you can take two minutes and search the whole place. Okay. Somebody take a twenty in here. I'm gonna open this door to the east. Well, hold on. Let's let's not do that. That sounds like splitting the party. Let's not open doors if we don't know what's behind them yet. Oh, fine. Don't make me blind you. Again. I, <laughs> okay. I, I'll st- still be able to kill you. Anyway. Who is searching Orticon? I will. Yeah, anyone who could detect magic probably should. He has yeah. a yeah. magical staff, a magical cloak, a magical pearl in his pouch on his belt, and a magical rod, okay. along with 500 gold pieces and diamond dust. Diamond dust, and then... Four spellcraft checks, staff, cloak, pearl, and rod. All right. What is it? 15 plus the caster level, I think? To identify a magical item, yes. It's 15 plus the item's caster level. All right. So for the staff, it was a 23, cloak, 41, pearl, 33. Well, we visit all of these again because I have a memory of a crack baby. Okay. So the first one, the staff, has a DC of 26. Okay. So failed on the staff. Okay, the next. What'd you uh, get? A cloak. I got a 41, natural 20. Okay, that is a cloak of resistance plus one. Fuck. <laughs> what a 20 to waste it on. Okay. Third one? 33 for the pearl. Pearl of power, second level. Good for you you uh, prepared casters. Which there's none of us. Right. Yeah. And then a 25 on the rod. Ooh, that's close. So I'll try for the two that he missed. Okay, rod. Uh, I don't know if the second one or last one is missed yet. Okay. I'll roll it anyways. And I didn't do better. You did better on the first one. Yeah. I got a 20 on the first roll. DC 24. Okay. So I did beat it on the rod. Rod of metal and mineral detection. This rod is of is valued by treasure hunters and miners alike, for it pulses and hums in the wielder's hands in the proximity of metal. As the wearer aims the rod, the pulsations grow more noticeable as it points to the largest mass of metal within 30 feet. However, the wielder can also concentrate on a specific metal or mineral. If the specific mineral is within 30 feet, the rod points to any places it is located, and the rod wielder knows the approximate quantity as well. If more than one deposit of the specified metal or mineral is within range, the rod points to the largest cache first. Each operation requires a full round action. This is such a specific item. Yep. You guys want to go spelunking? Well, I mean, if you make golems it might be useful fair very fair if you're a gold miner or a yeah. diamond miner I'm, I'm sure he probably uses it just like hey where's the biggest cache of uh mithril and just points to himself he's like ha i feel good <laughs> freaking prep casters scrubs. scrubs why waste your time learning magic when you can just use it from your blood yeah you could be magic like me yeah exactly or you could be a bard do 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 magic flute okay so uh what was the result for the the staff the staff i rolled a 20 to get a 31 oh okay you succeed it is the staff of mithril might this staff is made of silver with a shimmering sphere of mithril at either end. One end features a golden snake wrapped around the staff and cradling the larger of these two mithril spheres. 
The staff may be used as a weapon, functioning as a plus two, plus two quarterstaff. It also grants a plus two enhancement bonus to intelligence to whomever possesses it. These two attributes continue to function after all the charges are expended, and it allows the following spells. Bull Strength for a charge, Enlarge Person for a charge, Telekinesis for three charges, and Flesh to Stone for four. It is currently fully charged. Does anybody want that? I mean, I have a regular quarter staff, so I guess I could take it. This is a 58,000 gold piece worth item. Let's sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, those are good spells. Hugo could use that staff, actually. Yeah, fair. Telekinesis and Flesh to Stone are really good. Flesh to Stone is really good. Yeah, it's How really many... Good. I. I'm going to ask Aristotle, how many charges does this staff have fully charged? I don't know, like one and then two and three or something. I don't know. No, ten. Ten. So <laughs> you ha- you can use Flesh to Stone twice. I-, I could also charge it myself. Okay. I didn't know if you could char- re- recharge You can recharge it, and you need to have the spells in your spell list to be able to activate it. I'll need to double check that, but I think most of them are. Uh, not flesh to stone. Aristotle, do you have um, a link to this item's compendium page in the, the holy website of armaments? Yeah, dude, let me see if I can find that. Or magical voice in the sky? The magical voice in the sky definitely does. Cool. I was looking up Rod of Mithril Might, that's why I couldn't find it. Mm, staff of Mithril Might. I mean, this is a solid item. It's a solid item. Both literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. While you're pondering these things, who is searching the room? I'll do a twenty, a d twenty to, or I'll take a twenty to search the room. Giving the total. Uh, my total to do that would be <laughs> thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Okay. All right, that's good to know. I assume you're the highest in the group. No, that's actually probably Aristotle. Aristotle, no. what's your perception? I'm not that perceptive because I'm stoned most of the time. But Aristotle probably is the highest of the group. No, it would be 29 <laughs> if I take a 20. But but he's the highest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and you know what? While you guys are doing that, he's going to take out his pa- his uh, smoking tray and he's going to start packing his pipe up with some flay leaf. Cleaning out the last ash. The funny thing is that is exactly how somebody who is high would react to that situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I'm committed to this character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you see a bunch of research books scattered around the room, and you feel that they are very valuable, but I'm going to need a appraisal check to determine oh. its value. If someone describes it to me, I might be able to help you with that. Do you have appraise? I just don't have eyes. Okay. I'm going to describe them to you because my appraise is two. <laughs> Your appraisal is plus two. Okay. Yeah. That's untrained. So, anyone want to make a check? I mean, I technically try and make it. Okay, reading, you don't have a clue. Between a thousand and ten thousand gold, you think? Someone bring it over here, dude. Let me take a look. Raskin, sixteen. You agree? It's between a thousand and ten thousand gold pieces, but you don't know. You really don't know. Aristotle, twenty-seven. Ten thousand is more likely. Yeah, dude, that's like ten k. And Hugo, one thousand. You are convinced. Worthless. I'm going to believe the person who's super high and not the person who's blind. <gasps> right. N- none of those notes have a yellow triskelion on them? No, useless. Throw them out. <laughs> what they do detail, however, are various experiments and partial notes on the conundrum of transmuting lead into gold 
They provide a plus five circumstance bonus on all Knowledge Arcana and Knowledge Religion checks made regarding transmutation and constructs. A character who spends several hours reading through these books discovers notes and descriptions of the sol solution the Lords of Greed hit upon to protect Karzug from the fall of Fasalon. Do you spend the time? Not at the moment. You, you see a note leading elsewhere. You're like, oh, there's notes in here about Karzug. We should read that when we're resting up. Okay, make a note. They are worth 10,000 gold. They are 500 pounds in books. We have a lot of bags of holding. Yeah. Yeah. Also, present here are Articon's spell books, which I forgot to write down. I'll get that to you at some point before you're ready to move on. Yeah, we will need those for a little bit. But you, there's no wizards here, so none of you care. I mean, it's gold. Yep, it's gold. Yeah. You don't even bother looking at them. Okay. Is there anything else? Well, I, I'm sure we'd want to look at them, but there's, is there anything else in the room that we've yet to find? After uh, looking through the research books and the various animals that are about, there is nothing else in the room. Okay, so no trap doors or anything? Not that you could find. Okay. So I see two other doors, one to the south and one to the west or east. And what the Mephits reminded you or told you was that the south passage was just like the northern passage, a mirror of each other. So the only way to go are the doorways that you left behind and the, the doorway to your east currently. I say that we go to the east unless you guys really want to go fight those golems. Well, we can always reopen visibility, but That's we true. should check the east first before going, because we have to go back no matter what. Yeah. So. Well, maybe, unless this way is like, hey, we're in the central room again. Wait, you guys can see me? I can. Oh, yeah. I can't. I just see smoke billowing up from that side of the room. Yeah. You open the door, Reeton? I never said that. I'm moving up to the door. Okay, you got it. I will move up to the door as well. All right. Aristotle moves closer to the team. A little bit. Hugo um, moves onto a stool. I was thinking more like, you know, next to the stool. I don't necessarily need to be on the stool. You know what? I'm flying. Fuck you. I'm, I'm floating above the stool. Roger that. Well, can I search for traps? I would like to take a 20 to search for traps. Okay. You get a uh, 37. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, you find no traps. Okay. I am going to, because we did this before, and then the door slammed into us. So I'm going to back up, and I'm going to urge if anybody's near the door, they should back up as well. And we'll have Hugo throw his dagger at the door, just to see if the same thing happens again. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Braskin backs up, and I whip it at the door. It clangs against the iron door. Okay. And I don't get back to me. Okay. Then I'm going to attempt to open the door. Oh, oh hey, a behemoth. This wide hall is floored in polished wooden planks, its walls covered in colorful jade tiles. Oh, yeah. Oh, Clinton's dead. Oh, no. I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> How will we ever find out that this wide hall is floored in polished wooden planks, its walls covered in colorful jade tiles? The ceiling is made of lustrous stone that reflects the light of three decorative lanterns that brightly illuminate ten gleaming golden statues of men and women in various poses of combat readiness that stand along the walls. How will we ever know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 5,000 ping. My milliseconds just cool. died. 5,000 or so. You, re you remember to prime the internet before you started it up, right? Yes, I tried. It, it tasted really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you, what happened? Do you want me to read the? Are you still there, Clint? 
How bad did it taste? <laughs> What's up with the internet? Clinton's internet seems to be pooping itself. I warned him about going onto those adult websites. Yeah, I think it's his internet. We we can't just end the episode without the DM. That's that's sacrilege. What will the podcasting community think? They'll think, end it. We're going to find out what happens to Clinton's internet next time on Rise of the Rune Lords. And as the Warriors of Light approach the door in the eastern corner of the workshop, Breeden throws the doors open, sees a glimpse of the behemoth, and quickly closes them shut. Yeah. And says, fuck that noise. Tune in next week when I have more courage. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Are you having fun editing this, Connor? Well, yeah. Future me is having a blast, let me tell you. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to get to a point where Clinton's like, Oh, hey, I'm back and I could hear everyone. And he's going to read this and then somebody's going to be like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do next time on Earth or something like that. And someone will make it really easy for me to have a nice transition. I like how you're, uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs>